I don't like to create this like wall between my work and my kids. There's this transparency that, okay, it's not there all the time. They're not like 100% mixed together. However, not everything is tied to Zara the label and not everything is tied to my business. It's really important for me to be a mother. Welcome to the Routine Project Podcast, the one show that is hyper-focused on routines and routines only. The reason why is because I, your host, Justin Crawford, have found that routines are the secret to building and growing whatever it is we want out of this life. Nothing's off limits here as I'm going to get into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, athletes, and many more. And my only mission is for you to be inspired enough to take a little bit of the routines they have and get after building the ones that make the most sense for you. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're listening. Now let's get today's episode rolling. This episode of the Routine Project Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And you guys know that BetterHelp was our first sponsor on this podcast, uh, something I'm super grateful for, and we can't wait to continue sharing their story with each of you as you continue to click play on this show. BetterHelp Online Therapy is here for the twists and turns in your life and will assess your needs and can match you to your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online and a service that's available for clients worldwide. In the middle of today's episode, because we're just one day away from June, BetterHelp wants to talk a little bit about burnout. As someone who's dealt with burnout many times and has come out on the other side of it, I just want to share with you guys a little story and let you know how BetterHelp can help you in ways that you may need. In the meantime, feel free to head to betterhelp.com forward slash routine project for that 10% off your first month. Thank you for clicking play right here on the Routine Project Podcast. My friends, I hope you're ready for episode four because right now and right now only, I'm joined by Zara Barrow. She's a fashion and beauty influencer, but more importantly, uh, she discovered and founded and created what is called Zara the Label. She's the CEO and founder. She's also mother of two and successfully building her empire while being a mother of two um, with this trendy, modest clothing line, which if you really think about it, what does that mean? And so Zara, I can't wait to ask you so many questions just about the brand, but more importantly, how it ties into you as a human being, the culture you come from and everything within. And so thank you for being our fourth guest. I was telling Zara, you guys on this call that if she wasn't going to be the fourth guest, I'm sure we would have skipped an episode. But uh, if you click play, thank you for being here and Zara for you being here as well. Thank you so, so, so much for doing this a couple of days before we're about to air the episode. Thank you, Justin, for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to sit down and answer any questions you guys may have and just kind of share my story. You know what's so interesting? Before we get to all of that, and we will for sure, that uh, I was building out Zara's, you know, run a show, questions, whatever you want to call it, rundown as to how I was going to interview her. And for some reason, Britney Spears came on. Um, I'm trying to look at the song. Hold on. Britney Spears, You Drive Me Crazy came on because I was just listening to top hits of 2000. And I go, wait, I should start this new thing on Zoom calls with our guests and bring uh, the song in as you entered the room. And so I want to start with that question. When you... <laughs> heard that song uh what came to mind as to like what you think the routine project podcast is going to be about for the next like 30 minutes or so with me oh my god I think I I mean I, I first of all I cracked up and I'm actually vlogging this for my YouTube channel and I've never ever started and I've sat down for a couple of these uh you know podcasts before and it was always so formal and just the way that you started it 
was so chill. It was like, you're my best friend. We just talked last night. You put the song on and I was like, what the heck is going on? I loved it. I, it brought back like fifth grade, fourth grade memories. I cannot tell you. Like It's not that this whole conversation would be about music, but I just wanted to note that like when we do hear nostalgic songs like that, it's quite interesting how like you and I could have, listen, we may have went to the same middle school and didn't know, uh, but it brings back those memories where whoever you're around when you're playing that music almost reminds you that you could have been friends with that person so long ago. So anyway, we are going to be friends. Like I already feel your energy. You're amazing. And I'm just glad you said yes to joining this podcast with me. Cause again, we are going to all ultimately talk about routines and such, but I want to start with you uh, back in 2020. And I was reading this and I just was obsessed with it. So I was like, let's start here. Uh, you not only launched Zara the label to focus on filling the gaps while providing trendy hijab and modest fashion through high quality fabrics and sustainable materials, but you did this amidst that damn pandemic that we were in. And so how did you do it? I kind of want to start with that with you and, and launching something so special in such an uncertain time, right? And then looking back at the at the past two years or so, uh, especially with how successful Zara the label has become, where did it start? Why did it start? I know why is such a powerful word for you. So why did it start? And then ultimately, like the story behind all of it. Yeah. So um, my name is actually pronounced Zahra, um, and a lot of people that cannot pronounce the H and the R because they can't roll the R. It's kind of like Hispanic how they could roll their R's. Yeah. So people say Zahra, and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But the, my real name is actually Zahra. That's the correct pronunciation. So it's Zahra the label. And um, Zahra the label started um, literally in the middle of the pandemic um, because I just felt that it was my moment. And I seized it and I took advantage of it and I rolled with it and I literally followed my gut and I followed my instinct. Now, it didn't just start one day and I woke up and I was like, I want to have a fashion label. Here's what I want to do. Mm. This is like years in the works of me thinking and me even affording this. Like, let's be honest, it's, it's a little bit pricey to start a fashion label, like how I started my fashion label, because I wanted to create a line that wasn't there to make money. Like my goal is not to just make money. Of course, we're all out here to hustle and make money and, and be successful. But I, I started this brand with impact. And I started this, this, this brand by kind of being in that modest fashion <clears throat> industry for mm -hmm. a couple of years before I launched. And um, during my two to three years of being a social media influencer and starting um, my own modeling gig um, for modest fashion labels and having this business mindset. That's kind of where it all stemmed from. And I kind of built so much expertise because I was working for these companies and working for these brands as a model, but at the same time, I was strategizing for their production, for their um, strategy, for how their e-commerce pages would look like, yeah. because I was also doing drop shipping as well. I had my own store called the fashion collection and I was selling like women's clothing and it was just something basic. The goal of that was just to make money that didn't work out, but I had this, like this entrepreneurship blood in me that I was like, okay, I know I'm going to own my own label one day. I know I'm going to have my own line one day, but like, when is it going to happen? And for me, mm -hmm. I don't have to ask anything. I either go in the right way or I just don't do it at all. So I knew that I really needed to work really hard for a couple of years to build this and save up enough money to start it exactly how I wanted to start it. And I wanted to start different. I wanted to be different. And I knew that the only way that that was going to happen was if I, number one, built my experiences. And number two, I really studied these brands while I was working with them. 
And at the same time, it was, it was like, I had this mix of everything. I, I knew all about modeling. I knew all about being an influencer and I had this business mentality. So I was like three in one, if you would, if, if you would like to call it. So I was a little bit more different than a lot of these common known modest fashion brands that you see today. And that's what kind of sets me apart from the rest is I already have a platform mm. and I already built my YouTube channel. I already built my Instagram channel. I already built my TikTok content. I've already been viral. People knew me. So when I introduced Zara the label, people were like, okay, we already know her. We already like her content. Mm. What is it that she's launching? Oh, now we're going to buy this product. Now we're going to, sure. I want to wear one of her stuff. And that's kind of like how it started. Did I strategically think about it? Absolutely not. I literally just sure. went off of my gut and that's kind of how it started. Listen, it's, it sounds like an evolution in your life. I mean, you also have two kids and you're doing all of this and it, it's inspiring to hear because uh, ultimately break down to us modest fashion in your lens, because I think when people hear it, they don't necessarily relate it directly to um, certain cultures, but for you, modest fashion is not just for your culture, correct? Correct. And a lot of people might mistake Zara the label as being uh, an Islamic brand that is only catered to Muslim women because Muslim women are known to be modest or wear the head covering and just kind of be a little bit more conservative in their sense sure. of fashion. And when I started Zara the label, yes, we of course cater to the amazing Muslim women here in the West and internationally, of course, because these are like my girls, these are my people, that's who I am, that's what I identify as. Mm. But I was like, I want to take it a step further because modesty is not only for Muslim women. Modesty is for every everybody that wants to be modest. It's it's a choice. And mm. I cannot tell you how many times women of different faiths have even reached out to us and asked us, can I wear this? Can mm. I wear this head covering? I am an Orthodox Jew. Can I wear this? Mm. Of course you can, you know. So we we're trying to like break this barrier and let people know that our products are not only for Muslim women. And that's why we always say that our line is for the modern modest woman and we don't say the modern muslim woman we say the modern modest woman because modesty is a universal language and it's for women all over the world it's not necessarily just for muslim women and that's kind of where we kind of wanted to take that different approach of course we have a hijab line we want to be this like we're doing things differently, even amongst all of the other hijab brands that exist right now. And I don't want to say too much right now, but you will start seeing so many changes coming in the next, you know, you know, year or so. We just like, we want to innovate. And a lot of people actually call us the hijab engineers because wow. we took a standard hijab and we innovated it in a way that kind of makes sense. We have instant hijabs for moms on the go. They don't got time to wrap and pin and kind of do things up. You slide it on your head and you're off to go. I made a signature style. I, I have my own signature hijab style that I wear. It's not this one. It was one that I used to wear last year. People loved it. People didn't know how to wear it. So I invented it. And it's called the Zara Insta Chiffon. And you, it's like three and mm -hmm. three pieces of one. You slide it on. The magnets are inside of it. And you just click it, throw it to the side, and you're done. It's like easy peasy styling. And that's what I kind of wanted to do. And that's kind of how I wanted to impact. Now... Again, modesty is not just for Muslim women. Modesty is a universal language. And that's where Zara the label wanted to step in and kind of bridge the gap. Mm. And you said it, you guys are almost like the hijab engineers, but also uh, it, it trailblazers, right? In, in fashion as well, which is so cool. I have a follow-up question and then I have to go to what you said about being all in or nothing. I think that people 
all of us mistake that sometimes. Like, I want to do everything. I want to, you know, launch a company. I want to do this. I want to create this vertical. Like, there's so much happening that all of us want to do, but you can't do it unless you're in it all the way. And you mentioned that, which we'll get to in a moment. And then, of course, we're getting to the routines of you as an entrepreneur and as a mother. But before that, I have a follow up question. As you have now pretty much engineered and trailblazed what I consider to be is such a phenomenal brand. And not only, I mean, I mentioned this earlier, but having high quality fabrics and sustainable materials is a pretty big deal as you guys are, you know, going out and selling these, right. Selling these pieces to women. Um, and like you had said, it's not just like modest doesn't mean Muslim. I think that's a, a, such a hard fact. And it's amazing to hear out loud. My follow-up question now is you think about leading the way, right? Being the leader of this particular area of fashion, what part of you is, do you have any reservation to keep up with the times and just make this, you know, fit for whatever type of demographic or woman, or is there any reservation there? And how do you handle that? Because I feel like in fashion, especially right now, we've all heard the term fast fashion, right? It's where actual Zara is fast fashion. That's what this sweatshirt is simple. It's probably like lower quality, not to bash them, but just saying out loud. Um, but with what you have, because it's sustainable materials and it's high quality fabrics, how do you stay true to, I want to say it, but I don't want to disrespect. So I'm just going to say Zara, the, the label, but Zara, the label overall, like how, how are you keeping up? And then is there any reservation as to how you would keep up just to make sure everybody thinks that you're like keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah. You know what? I think that's something that I'm learning even now. Um, as the brand grows, you start to learn more and more things. I think about businesses that start as, as newborn babies. And we are still in the toddler age. We're only a year and a half old. We're only been doing this for 18 months. So there's only so much that I know about e-commerce and owning a fashion label that a, a, a one and a, a year and a half old baby could, could learn to talk, right? So, and as they grow, the more that they talk, the more that they learn, then they start to run. So as there's a saying that goes, you can't run before you walk, right? You can't walk before you crawl. So there's Mm. so many, there's so many things that you learn along the way. Like right now we're learning about, you know, how to be a true sustainable brand. And that goes back to um, how you purchase your products and how Mm. you purchase your materials and how you source those materials. We have what's called tier one, tier two, tier three, and some companies even go to tier four. And what that means is that you know exactly where that um, material is coming from, which farm it's coming from, which factory it's coming from, who's, who's in that factory working on your products. And that's very important. And can you keep up with it? Yes, because this is your mission and this is what you stand for. So it's not an option for you to just throw it on the side if that's what your company stands for. And that's what we stand for. Now, are we right now 100% sustainable and use like 100% cotton or 100% organic products? No, we're not. But we are trying to ensure that if you buy our products, these are products that you wash over and over again, and you can wear them for years to come. You could resell them if you want to. You can hand them down to your sister. It's not like a t-shirt that you're buying from Shein for five bucks or three bucks. You're wearing it for the summer. And by the end of summer, you could use it as a rag to clean your floor. Absolutely not. These are pieces that you will completely take care of. And they will also take care of you in the long run because these are quality garments and quality pieces. And we really care about like the craftsmanship, the stitching, the overall, I guess, customer experience, like all of that really matters to us. And we're here to let people know, like when you buy our pieces, you're not only wearing them for the summer of 2022, 
Mm. You're wearing it for the summer of 2023 too. These are classic sure. and elegant pieces, or these are loungewear that you could wear for um, gen for like seasons to come or years to come. And that's where we come in. We don't want to create something like where, for example, right now, let's just say uh, neon green is in or neon yellow is in. Sure. We, we don't want to create pieces that are just June and July trend. That that's mm. not what we want to do. That, that, that's not what I'm here for. Will I create some some pieces like that? Yeah. yeah. But will the majority of our collections be like that? No. And the reason is we want to create things that will sit in your closet for many, many, many years so you can rewear over and over and over again. And mm. they will last forever. And that's where that's where the hard work comes in. And you work with these manufacturers that understand your mission and understand how your product, your end product is going to kind of be like. And it's not easy. I could tell you that it's not easy, but it does take so much learning as you go. And we're learning so much as we go. And I think if we sit down in a year, we'll probably have a completely different answer to this question. Oh yeah. I love that. And you hit the nail on the head. Not only, I mean, if you didn't know about manufacturing and those tiers and everything she just said about uh, this part of the fashion business, I mean, you have to learn as you go, the beauty in starting your own business to your point. This is like somewhat of an entrepreneurial show anyway, right? A lot of people we talk to start their own thing. And if not, actually, yeah, we're four episodes in. We actually have talked with nothing but entrepreneurs who have also done other things like you as well, right? Being a mother is, is a job and running a social media influencing account, like that's a job in and of itself. So um, anyway, all that to say, I digress. Uh, but I think that you hit the nail on the head when you say like, you need to learn as you go and be open to that. So here we go. We're going to go down this routine rabbit hole with you because I have questions about your routines and habits. You know, Zara, so when you think about the routines that you need, like you, you're, you have, I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure you have must-do routines in order to kind of keep up with all these things that you're learning, right, about your business, the brand, uh, and, your, and yourself. This is you, right? Your, you, your company is your brand. And so what routines would you say you have kind of set and that have worked really well for you uh, as you've taken off with this beautiful brand in just the last, you said, 18 months? Yeah, I think for me, um, I don't really, it's, it's like a really broad question because even that question can be dissected so deeply and we mm. can just go on and on. But I think if I just think about it right off the bat and like just a general sense, I think the most important thing for me and for my success and for Zahra, the label's success is, you know, this research and this observation. I think something that I cannot stop is just being an observer. I'm somebody that like, I'll look at any brand or any magazine or when I'm in stores and I cannot help but look at it from an e-commerce mindset mm. and from a fashion mindset. So I think and look at things from a different lens. You might be a consumer looking at a mannequin that has, um, a Nike outfit and you're like, oh my God, this just looks so well together. I might think about it from a design perspective and I'm like, okay, here's what they did here. Here's what they did there. Here's why the logo is black and not white. And here's why this logo is for this set is beige. And so I look at it from a different angle and I'm like, okay, how can I take that, an example, a sample and apply it to Zahra, the label. So those are the types of things that I kind of do on a daily basis, whether I'm on the internet, whether I receive uh, an email, an email from Vogue or an email from Business of Fashion, and I read trend reports, I like to stay updated mm -hmm. on all these kinds of things. But with respect to routines, it's just this consistency um, that it's not really work. I, I don't know how to explain it. So, like 
when I'm working, it, I don't consider it work because I could work for 20 hours a day and I'm sleeping like, like a baby at night, even though I'm, even though I'm tired and I love it because I know that my, what I'm doing is for a great end result. It's for a great impact. So it's just doing this research, completely being an observer, um, just ensuring that I'm doing my, my daily tasks, finishing those off, prioritizing all of the things that I need to do on a weekly basis, a monthly basing, a monthly basis, strategizing things based on quarter, strategizing things based on peak seasons, um, creating a structure inside of the business. That's something that I learned and I wish I had done sooner. Um, you know, that's very important. We started using a notion to help, you know, organize all of people's tasks, everybody that's on our team, everything is in one hub. It's in one place. You want something, you go in here, you're going to find it. Um, so just making things as easy as possible for the team. That's something that we started doing as well. Um, but a daily routine, if you want to ask more specifically, like in a founder, like in my day in life, it's just showing up. You know, and and unfortunately, I can't give you a direct one, two, three, four, five. I do this, I do that, I do that, because that's not what my life is about. It is not organized, and it is it and it's kind of messy at sometimes. And right now, I'm in a messy time in my life, and the reason is we're going through a growth spurt. And what my day looks like today did not look like how it was in in, in April or how it looked like in March, and it looks totally different than what it looked like in January. And that's because we're like growing a lot and we're scaling so fast. And sometimes if you're not ready for that, things are just going to move around and you're just going to have something that was on the bottom of your list is just going to move up. And you're like, okay, well, I have to do that now. I, I, I don't have time for this thing that I thought I needed to do because this is more important. So there really isn't a daily routine that's perfect. It's not like those girls that do day in my life. I wake up and I go to the gym at 5 a.m. and then I drink my coffee and my matcha. It's not what my day is. <laughs> But not the matcha. <laughs> and I don't even like matcha. You know, I don't either. I'm like, give me real coffee. You know, like I, I hear you and I hear you out loud. I think something that is so cool is that I could ask you about a daily routine and you might not have one. Not only is that okay, it might be better for you not to have one. Wait, so define a growth spurt to us for a moment. If you're listening and you at all, I mean, I say this often on the show already, um, we've only been on the air for three weeks, but I, I think I've said this quite a few times. If you're at all wanting to start a business or if you think you want to start a business or you have one and you're trying to find some tricks of the trades on this particular podcast, Zara, um, if you don't mind explaining to us like a growth spurt and kind of how you're managing that now. You did a little bit, yeah. but just a little bit more in depth. Yeah. So, um, in, uh, in my, in my first, um, before I hit my nine month mark in April of 2021, um, I hit, uh, my first crazy month. Um, I did a hundred K in sales out of my garage and don't ask me how I did it. I just freaking did it. No marketing, no email campaigns, no SMS campaigns, wow. nothing. Yeah. I just did a hundred K alone. Just me. Nobody was working with me at the time. And at that month, I realized like, oh, this is, I'm growing. And then I expanded into a warehouse. So that was my first, my first growth spurt. And I was like, okay, that's an easy take. When I moved into my warehouse, I realized mm, I shouldn't really be, be picking and packing. I got to focus on other things. And then when I focused on other things, that's when the business started to grow. And then I went, as I started to grow, I'm like, okay, well now I don't need to be doing this. I can hire somebody to take that off my plate because I'm putting 30 hours a week on that when I could be having somebody else doing that kind of thing. And now I could focus on this other stuff and so on and so forth. 
right now we did not expect the month of April to hit the amount of orders that we did. I, I, I did not have the capacity inside of our own in-house fulfillment to fulfill those orders in a timely manner. I, I, I did not. Mm. Uh, honest and open and raw and I didn't know what to do I, I I was panicking and I was talking to my 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 leadership team and I was like oh my god we, I don't know what to do what do we do da, 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 da. and then this is where the gold spurt comes in and you're like okay is this where we start moving into a 3PL like getting a third-party logistics to kind of take over fulfillment is this where we grow and then you know have our own larger fulfillment space of like 20 30,000 square feet whatever it may need and having our own fulfillment in-house you know this is what I mean by growth sport is where you have to decide what is the best interest for your business in the long run. And mm. it's going to be very expensive. And sometimes you don't know exactly what you need to do. Like we've been doing homework for a whole month, um, comparing 3PL to in-house fulfillment. And after one month of being convinced that 3PL was the right deal, we realized not too long ago that this is not the solution. Mm. It's not. Because it's so dang expensive compared to how many units are per, are per our order and yeah. how our pieces are and how our like dimensions are and stuff like that. So this is what I mean by growth sport. Growth sport means is like you're just growing as a company. You need more people to take things off of your plate. And the more that you grow, the more people that will need to work for your company as a team to help support this mission and help ensure that every single order, every single customer is taken care of and well taken care of. And that's what we're going through right now. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's probably very challenging. Some growth spurts are more difficult than others. Last year, I was able to make a decision on my own. This year, I'm not able to make a decision on my own. I yeah. need people and leaders to help guide me and based on their expertise, what is, a, what is the best fit for us? And it's not easy. And sometimes your decisions might take one or two months to finalize because you have to do your homework. So that's what I mean by I don't really have a daily routine. And that's kind of how everything kind of ties in together. And we love hearing it. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming and many people get burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include a lack of motivation, irritability, fatigue, and so much more. We typically associate burnout with work, but that's not always the case. Any of our roles in life can actually lead to the feeling of burning out. BetterHelp Online Therapy and I want to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing that stress in your life that eventually may lead to burnout, which you can avoid. From having worked with BetterHelp in the past, I just know that there are so many great things that can come from talking your thoughts aloud, especially to a therapist. Those thoughts inside your head, especially when you're dealing with burnout, when you say them aloud, right, and you give them a voice, and you do so with someone from BetterHelp, I know that it could totally help and change things for the better. I'll never forget recording a podcast episode probably about a year and a half ago, and I remember talking with one of the professional therapists, and what she had to say about burnout was really, really important in terms of what we can do to avoid it and deal with it. And as I'd mentioned earlier, sometimes you don't know that you're going through burnout, and so the more aware you are around these thoughts and what you're dealing with and what you're going through, really, and talking it aloud to a therapist can really help you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's actually much affordable than in-person therapy, and you can get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners right here on the Routine Project podcast get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com forward slash routine project. That's betterhelp.com slash routine project.
Zara and I are going to continue this conversation and ooh, we're talking about motherhood. We're getting into more about small business chat with her and everything else around her routines. Y'all, as she was talking, I shoved Trident <laughs> Trident original flavor into my mouth because I'm so interested. And usually when I'm trying to listen, I have to chew gum. And this is the first time. So if I'm smacking, I'm kidding. I will not smack in y'all's oh ear. God. People would be like, oh my God, I'm unsubscribing. This kid smacks gum in his ear. <laughs> the reason I say that, um, number one, I was just like super intrigued. You know what came to mind immediately was that for so long, I think podcasts are always trying to get the highest performing people on their show in terms of like peak performance at the biggest part of their career and such. Not that you're not there. This is a very, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you. So I'm going to talk while Zara is walking and opening the door. I think a guest came in there. So I do these podcasts live. If you're listening right now, I could have stopped and cut it out, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to keep talking real quick. So while Zara answers the door, hopefully it's another fulfillment order of $100,000, right? Maybe that's the thing. Um, but in the meantime, oh my gosh, you got a package. Where'd the package come from? Um, for some um, this new sampling that we're going to do. See, for I had a feeling it was going to be a good thing. So we're keeping all that in the recording. I was just telling them I'm, I'm going to keep talking a little bit. So anyway, going back to what we were saying, you have now presented a unique opportunity on this particular podcast for us to, to find out where these, I mean, not just a growing pain like that, right? It was just a great part or a great problem to have for a business. But it's not always going to be the top tier, like Mr. I wrote seven books and Mrs. I have 17 companies that we need to hear from. Do we want to? Sure. But I'm so thankful that you're episode number four now because everything you just said, I can almost guarantee majority of people who are listening to this that have started a business within the last 18 months have also felt that. Um, and I'm like obsessed with this and you and everything. So wait. I want to talk about being a mother. I'm not going to be a mother, obviously, just genetically, I can't, but I have so much respect for moms. I have so much respect for working moms. We just had Mother's Day. I wish Mother's Day was every month, just one day. One Sunday of every month should be Mother's Day. Um, so that I know there has to be routines there. Before we get to that, though, uh, not to keep stalling on moms, right? I just think that's such an in-depth conversation I wanted to have with you for sure around routines. This idea of all or nothing, right? Explain that to us. When did you grow that mindset and ultimately start implementing it into this business, you know, and, and knowing that I'm not doing this unless I'm all the way in, or I'm not touching that unless I'm going all the way in until I see it come to full life. Yeah. I think it's really important for me as an individual, just like the way that I operate, I either do it the right way or I just don't do it. Like I just, this is just how I think. And this is just how I how I am as an individual. And I knew that when I started Zara the label, I wanted to have the custom packaging, the custom branding. I wanted the craftsmanship to be top, top, top tier level for my customers. I wanted to start it knowing that, okay, here's the mistakes that were happening in the market before Zara the label existed. And here's how Zara the label is going to enter this market by solving those problems. A lot of brands that are probably large brands today started at a very low point started pretty much kind of like just to make money and maybe have evolved their way down the line, but it took them five years to get there. I did not need five years to get there because I knew based on people that might have done it before me that, okay, here's how they operated. I don't really want to take five years to do things the right way. Absolutely not. I'm here to ensure that I'm doing it right from the start 
And my mission is right from the start. My branding is right from the start. People acknowledge our, um, our quality right from the start. People um, are spreading good things about us right from the start. Um, everything had to be how I envisioned it right from the start. I was not going to take it any other way. And this is how I am as an individual. I just don't take things unless how I see it fit. And I knew that in order for me to achieve those results, I needed to operate on a different level. That was harder. That was more time consuming. That was a little bit more expensive. But I knew that in the long run, it was going to pay off. And it, it, it started. it's starting to do that. It's been starting to do that. But right now, people will know Zara the label for their quality. We stand for quality over everything. Um, and people can testify that in our hijabs, in our product, in our in our overall processes. And that's how I operate. And I think that that's what makes some people a little bit more different than others. Like, you know, and, and I'll give you an example. This might sound kind, of, sound kind of crazy, like relationships. When I want to enter into a relationship, I am not going to enter into a relationship if there's one red flag. Like you have to hit my 10 my 10, um, my 10, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, Commandments, no. <laughs> deal breakers. Like if you're not hitting those 10 deal breakers for me, then I know that we're probably going to have problems down the line for that one. And I don't like that. So mm. there might be something that you might, you know, there's things that you might want in a relationship and there's things you might need in a relationship. Things that I need, I'm not willing to sacrifice for. Absolutely not. I'm willing to stay single for as long as, as, as I can because I just don't want to deal with this, these kinds of problems down the line. And it's very similar to business. Unfortunately, I do treat some relationships kind of like a business, but yeah. that's what's going to make me not waste my time. I hear you. And it's going to make me ensure that I'm attracting the right individual and I'm going to be attracting the right customers with the same mindset in my business. And that's just how I operate. Mm right from the start. If Absolutely. I didn't have to put routine or something educational as the title, I would put that right from the start with Zara. You know, that should be your memoir later. We'll talk about the book after the business, right? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Speaking of memoirs, I mean, I'm sure that in your book, you'd probably put your kids in there, right? They're probably your everything. I know they're your everything. I, I remember reading about them. So routines as a mother. I just, I know there's something there that exists with your life. Cause I mean, the, the business is up in the air and in such a great way. It's, it's nice to see and hear that a business is up in the air and you kind of figure it out as you go, you pull some strings down and you'd let the, let the balloons fly as they go or whatever that looks like for you. Now put that to the side. If you don't mind the kids, how do they play into your everyday life? And what routines would you say you have as a mother to sustain that part of your life to make sure that is super fulfilled and it's going in the right direction as you grow Zara the label? Absolutely. Let me start off by saying this. When I first started my entrepreneurship journey and really diving deep, I remember looking at so many posts on the internet. Wake up at 6 p.m., do this, do that, do that, do that, no TV, no fun, no games, no friends. No, 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 no. But when I did take that advice, I literally realized that it affected my mental health. And it did not allow me to understand my vision um, and reach my vision happily. And that was problematic for me. And that's when I decided I'm not even going to read these posts anymore. I'm going to do what I see fit. And most importantly, my why. And my why is my children. 
and everything that I do is for them. And what I do differently, and I'm not going to say that I'm the perfect mother. I am beyond the perfect mother, but I can tell you that I do learn a lot from my mistakes. And when I first started Zara the Label, you know, there's a lot of time that's invested into it. And actually, as it grows, it, the more it demands me, I call it my needy husband. And, and, <laughs> and I, that's literally what I call it, my needy husband, because the more I engage with Zara the Label, the more that it needs me. And I'm okay with that along the lines that I'm able to balance out my lifestyle. And I, love, I know that there's a, a lot of people that say my work to life balance, there's no such thing. There's, there's literally no such thing, especially that I don't work for company and I own a company. So for me, what I'm able to do is try to connect with my kids on, on all levels, not by separating my work and my life, but somehow combining them. And the best way that I can do that is by always tying Zara the label somehow to their life, whether that's them learning about my struggles, my failures, being with me um, at the warehouse, being with me in fulfillment, being with me as I order while I'm in my meetings, teaching them about saving money, teaching them about businesses, why it's important to um, have your own business and establish um, 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 financial independence. You know what I mean? That's very important. And that's how I kind of like tie these things together. I don't like to create this like wall between my work and my kids. There's this transparency that, okay, it's not there all the time. They're not like 100% mixed together, but there is that, there is those times where like, we do talk about it. They are involved in it. They do come to the warehouse. They see me when I'm in meetings. They understand that when mom is in a room in her meeting, we can't knock on the door. <laughs> like right, this is how, right. I, this is how I kind of tie into that. However, not everything is tied to Zara the label and not everything is tied to my business. It's really important for me to be a mother. And a lot of times where maybe leadership might call me after six, I'm like, I love you, but I'm a mom duty. Don't call or text me right now. Yesterday, for example, I came home and I picked up the kids a little bit early, you know, came home, made dinner, sat down with them. We turned on and we watched Edward Scissorhands uh, together yesterday for the first time. Of I know. all movies you could put your kids in front of, you chose Edward Scissorhands. It's not a movie I have not watched, okay? And we were on Disney+. Plus. And I was, and I was like, oh my God, Edward Scissorhands, I have not watched this in the longest time. And Batut was like, is this creepy? Is this going to give me nightmares? And I'm like, you know what? I don't even know. <laughs> as so long as you don't what? have a waterbed, he's good. <laughs> she was like, why would they put water in a mattress? And I was like, you Thank know what? Thank you. It's a good question. But if they and, need fabrics, we know who to call. <laughs> and, I, and I literally just sat down with them and, you know, put on my robe, moved the couches, sat by each other. We did popcorn. We did cookies. We did... Um, we, we made our own smoothies and like our uh, own cookies and, yep. whatever. and we just kind of sat together and it, my, I put my phone aside and I was like, okay, this two hours is like for the kids. And I think I read something online that said, your kids just need 15 minutes a day of your undivided attention. And I already give them that 15. And I think that it's so important for kids to have this healthy bond because one thing that I lacked in my previous marriage, and I'll, I don't know if people know this, but I'm, I'm divorced. And one thing that I lacked in my previous marriage was that dad was not able to find a balance between work and a family. And it was really stressful because he was like, I have to make money, make money, make money, which he was, he was the breadwinner and I was at home. But then when he came home, it was just, okay, I'm tired. I need to sleep. And I'm like, uh, we've been waiting for you all day. We want to sit down with you. We want to enjoy time with you. And it was just like, it was just a drag. And I didn't want that for my kids because I saw how, how unhealthy it was for my marriage. And I knew that I couldn't continue. So I had a lesson to learn from. And that's kind of how I 
establish this i don't want to see routine but i ensure that okay, okay now mm. it's time it's time for me to take time off and i need to sit down with kids today i need to go out with kids today we'll go on walks you know just doing these things that like keep that bond really really strong you know what i mean and 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 again i'm a parent of two you know a 10 year old and a six year old sometimes i don't even know what the heck i'm doing like you know when your kids grow their hormones change you know, you know, they start asking more questions. They're, they're way more talkative. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just like, you know, am I, am I doing this the right way? You know? So I was literally, I just shared this the other day, but I went to the library and mm-hmm. I literally um, put on hold these 12 books about co-parenting, raising good, good kids, um, raising good kids, af- you know, after divorce, how to raise well-behaved children, good children, like how to, how to do that? Because I need guidance just like my business needs guidance, but I need to be, most importantly, I need to be the best mother. And mm. it doesn't come with a blueprint, but there are so much resources out there. And that's kind of like how, that's kind of how I, that goes into my research and observation. That just goes mm. back to the where it's like, okay, okay, I might be lacking here. I don't know how to deal with this problem. I need to do some research. And that's when I got books and I'm like, okay, well, this is how we need to operate. Here's how somebody before me did it and it worked for them. Let me try it. And you mm. never know might work for you. It might not work for you, but at least you tried. And that's, what's important to me. I don't like to push things aside. You know what I mean? I have to make sure that this is a priority for me and that I, my kids and my business, these are the most two important things for me in my life. Because if my business is is succeeding, then my kids are going to be comfortable growing up. But at the same time, one cannot be at the expense of another. And that's where my, that's where my, um, uh, what you might call it. What is that word? Rhythm. yeah, that's where my rhythm comes in. And I start to, to, to know how to flow and dance between the two. And, and it's, and I'm learning, I'm learning. I could cry. You have such an open and honest, um, way of living between your business and your kids in your life. It is so empowering to hear that you don't have to have the answers. Like you, everything you just said, I mean, if you're listening, I hope by, the grace of whatever you hold on to spiritually that you wrote something down. You have just given us a run for our entirety of having clicked play on this podcast by saying everything you just said, right? And 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 it goes to you being honest with your divorce as to why it didn't work. And then you go to a library and pick up a book about how to deal with divorced children. You're so honest. And I think that is something we run away from oftentimes. Routines or not. I think rhythm is the right word. I'm getting to a place in this, you know, I'm getting to a place now in this podcast hosting it where I think that although there are routines, right, it sounds like you're totally building somewhat of a routine around uh, the the transparency, like you had said, that wall that's super open between business and children. And that is by the habits of you walking around and, you know, seeing the kids for 15 minutes undividedly and watching Edward Scissorhands and reading these books from the library. You're finding your way. Right. And it doesn't have to be a set in stone routine. Some people are like you said at the beginning of this 5 a.m. workout, 530, this and that. But if you get stressed with those things, stress is all ultimately. And I don't know if this is fact. I'm just going to say it. It's caused by like uncertainty. Right. Or that unwillingness to even have the thought to do something. And so you're avoiding that stress or those stressors by having known that, like you had said, quote you, right from the start, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And is it going to ultimately give me fulfillment to the goals of my business or my kids? 
And I think that in and of itself is a routine because a routine collectively are all these habits that get you to the goal, right? And you may not know it. And I told you right before we hit record, you may not know that you're building a routine and maybe we just discovered it together, which is even more important. So, you know, I don't want to hit the stop button. I don't at all. I think that in re- with respect to everybody who listens, I've mentioned this before, we try to keep these a little bit under an hour just because I think like you, like everything Zara had said, we're also going to link everything to her socials. You have to follow her on Instagram. I don't have TikTok, but I've totally followed you on social on Instagram and you're great. I just, uh, maybe you can help me TikTok. I don't even want to TikTok, but <laughs> we'll link everything. Her- you're amazing. Oh, you're amazing. The website to your extraordinary brand, everything is going to be in that description below. And if you click see more, I don't know where you guys are listening. If you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple, if you're on Google, if you're on Anchor Pod, I don't know. Like, I guess it's on eight platforms. Anyway, there's always going to be that see more description below. We're going to link everything to all the greatness of Zara. So my last question for you before we wrap my friend is when you think of one thing, and you saw this coming, think of one thing that you have to do every single day, no matter what. There's 365 days. So you probably do this 365 days a year. If there's one thing you can think of that you non-negotiably have to do at any point of the day, what's that one thing? I thought about this. And it comes down to one word, gratitude. And gratitude can come in so many different ways. And whether you are somebody that, um, you know, attains to a certain faith, you have gratitude to God, you have gratitude to the world, mother nature, whatever it may be, but just be grateful for the greatness that you have in your life. And always compare your position in life to those that are less fortunate than you. And that's when you start to realize that you are stronger than you think, and you are blessed in more ways than you think. And a lot of times we might forget that as human beings, because we always like to look at, oh my God, this is not working. This is not working out right. This is not how I planned it. This is not how I envisioned it, but there's always a better thing. And it didn't work for you because it wasn't meant for you. Whether you believe in that from a, a, a quote from the holy book or whether you believe in that by, by nature. Either way, to me, it's the same thing. And just mm. grateful for so many things that you have in your life. Most importantly, I'm grateful for my health. I'm a healthy individual. I don't have a sickness. That, that should make me happy every single morning. And it will wash away all of your pain and suffering because guess what? The moment you get sick, God forbid, you're going to wish you could go back to that day where you were crying for something really silly that always has a solution. Every problem has a solution. So always be grateful and just thank everybody around you. Thank yourself for your hard work. Thank God. If you believe in God, thank mother nature. If you believe in mother nature, just be thankful. And we have to thank you now for, for your answer, (laughs) for your time, your energy, um, and, and then all the impact you're putting so much goodness. And, and, and my, one of my TV hosting coaches, Marky Costello says this, the deliciousness, she just started using that. I was like, anyway, your greatness and your deliciousness out to the world through your brand, through your positive, radiant energy. Uh, I'm so glad you said yes to doing this with me and we're at episode four and I couldn't have asked to come on and, uh, launch a season of 
podcasts, right? Uh, with anyone other than, or any people other than yourself who continue to inspire us um, through your business and through your motherhood and all the things that you're doing. Um, if you all had clicked play, I hope you learned something. I hope you hung out with us the whole time and didn't run away when she got the package from the door. And I was just like, people probably thought the episode was over. They're like, oh my God. Like, no, we kept that in here. <laughs> and she was like, hey, hold on. I got to go to the door real quick and get my package. I'm like, that's fine. I'm just going to keep talking while you do that and then come back. But anyway, if you click play, I hope you learned something. Uh, because routines are everything. I think that routines, as you build them, can really build a happier, healthier you, which is the mission of the House of Routine and the Routine Project podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, do all the great things uh, because we'd love to hear from you guys. But more importantly, that little section below where you can kind of click on it is to see more or whatever that looks like. There's a description and I want you to read all about Zara. I want you to read all about Zara Barrow, or sorry, Zara the label, and then Zara Barrow herself, all her social accounts, and maybe she'll write a book. Maybe the book will be entitled uh, Right from the Start, All or Nothing, or something else that we talked about on this podcast, because it was such an extraordinary conversation. So my friend, thank you for saying yes to doing this with me. And uh, this is going to air in a couple of days, so I'll totally talk to you in a couple of days. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for everybody that tuned in and listened to this. Um, if anybody has any questions, don't feel shy to reach out to me. I'm always in my DMs and I'm more than happy to help. And I wish that you took good things from this podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, routiners. Thanks for listening to the Routine Project podcast today. Now the show is only going to grow because of you amazing people who continue to take a step in the right direction in building or growing those routines that matter most to you. Hang out with me all season long by clicking that subscribe button on whatever platform you clicked play on. And when you come back for more episodes, your thoughts matter just as much as mine. So if you'd click that rating and review section to let me know what you love and what you learned from today's conversation, I would really appreciate it. Until I get that next episode to you, my name is Justin Crawford, and this is the Routine Project Podcast. Thank you.